What is up, guys, and welcome to the Meeple Money Podcast, the podcast where we talk all things tabletop gaming. My name is Jason. And I'm James. How are you doing this week, James? Eh. 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 Is it another one of them weeks? It's another eh week. You left, ga- you left Game Club early last night. I did. I wasn't feeling well. I also didn't go to work today. Well, I hope you're feeling better, James. I'm feeling a little bit better now. I, I mean, to be fair, I didn't get up till about one o'clock this afternoon. So Lazy git. Slept. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd already taken five hours to get to London due to some twat protesters. Family friendly, Jason. That was family friendly, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> My language has not been quite so family friendly in the van most of today, let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah, I could imagine. That being said, James, last night was great. And it is a shame that you weren't feeling very well because we had a stonking night at Game Club. We did. Yes. Uh, record numbers, which was absolutely fantastic. Uh, it was a Pokemon pre-release, which was which went really, really well. It was a sellout, which was fantastic. And lots of other games being played as well. So, really enjoyed that. But we didn't game. Obviously, you weren't feeling too good. So, no. bit of a shame. Bit of a shame. But anyway, we're here to talk about games today, James. We are. Um, we have a very specific game that we're going to be talking about today. But before we do that, we'll talk about the game that we played this time, or we talked about this time last year, which was Joking Hazard. Yes. Do you remember this one, Jack? I do remember Joking Hazard. Good, good. I know we haven't played it very much. We haven't, but then we're not huge party game fans. No, I'm, I, I must be honest, I haven't listened back to that episode for, for quite some time. I don't actually remember what we said about it, but uh, the honest answer is I don't think we've played it since. No, I don't think we have. Um, it's still in the collection, but I think it's because I always forget it when I'm coming to the sale pile. <laughs> um, which is a shame because I do enjoy it as a party game, I guess. It's kind of a, the best of the bunch for me. But how do you feel about it nowadays? Yeah, it's one of those I've got, just got to be in the mood to play it. Yeah, yeah. I think if we had a big enough group and maybe on an actual party, then maybe it will come back out. But it's not a game that we're going to be bringing to a game club anymore, I don't think. No. Yeah, that's a shame. But... What can you do? Yeah. What can you do? So what are we talking about today, James? I don't know. What are we talking about today, James? Well, it's a game highlight, isn't it, James? It's a game highlight, yeah. Well, you're in charge of planning, mate. I just turn up and talk into a mic. <laughs> well, that's if you actually do that. You know? <laughs> I mean, you don't even listen to this. I might just cut you out. Like, <laughs> it's all an illusion, James. It, it, it is it, yeah, but then you've got like 40 minutes of talking to yourself, and that's just weird. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's plenty of podcasters out there that do that. But uh, it's not something I can personally do. I've tried. It's, it goes terribly. But yes, we are talking about the, the hotness, James. We're talking about the hotness of this year, which is Flamecraft. We are indeed. Now, this is a game that is due to hit retail imminently. So I'm told everything is still listed as pre-order, but the Kickstarter backers are starting to receive their copies. I've had ours for about a month and a bit at this point. We've played it ridiculous amount of times and enjoyed it very, very thoroughly. So spoiler alerts there, but uh, we're going to have a little deep dive into it. Are you ready, James? Yes. Let's go. So, what is Flamecraft? For those of you that have been living under a rock, Flamecraft is a hand and resource management worker placement style game released by Cardboard Alchemy and I believe coming to retail through Lucky Duck Games. In 2022, we are talking literally the past couple of months. The game is for one to five players age 10 and up with an estimated playtime of approximately 60 minutes. And at the time of the recording, as I said, it is due in retail stores imminently. And the prices I've been seeing for pre-order, James, is £30. 
Now, that is obviously for the retail edition. Yep. For clarity, we have the Kickstarter Deluxe edition here. In Flamecraft, players assume the role of flame keepers who must gather items, place dragons, and cast enchantments to enhance the shops of the town. Visit a shop to gain its items and a favor from one of the dragons there. Gathered items can be used to enchant a shop, gaining reputation and the favors of all the dragons in the shop. If you are fortunate enough to attract fancy dragons, then you will have opportunities to secure even more reputation. That's a quick yet very keyword heavy rundown of the game. So let's find out what comes in the box when you buy Flamecraft. Okay, Jason, in the box you get one town mat, six reputation markers, six player tokens, eight player aids, 28 shop cards plus six starter shops, 36 artisan dragon cards plus six starter dragons, uh, 36 enchantment cards in two decks, 210 goods tokens, 24 coin tokens, seven companion cards, and 36 fancy dragon cards. Excellent stuff. So that's um, about a page and a half spread. Indeed. In, in, in the rule book. Uh, all very well illustrated, so it's not like it's a huge list there. Now, we're not 100% sure on this, are we, James? But it looks by the pictures that come with those stats that what we've just listed is the retail yes. edition because the coins, for example, are very clearly a punch board, as yeah. are the goods tokens, whereas in the deluxe version that we've had, they are obviously heavily upgraded. Uh, and on that, I will immediately say I'm impressed to see that the player tokens and the reputation markers and the mat appear to be exactly the same as in the deluxe version. Yep. Uh, wooden meeples and a neoprene mat. Now, I, I'm not saying that it will 100% be neoprene, but I can tell you our one is. Yeah. So, I mean, straight off the bat, James, how do you feel about those components? Yeah, there's, um, there's, there's, there's a chunk of stuff in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's talk quality. Or, in fact, no, let's talk visually first. Visually. How do you feel about everything in this game that, that is visual? Um, In a word, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how was it? I described it to you. The art style of this game. It's very. Uh, and I apologise if I butcher the name because it never get it right. Very Studio Ghibli. Do you know what? I I I'm the same. I actually have that written down in front of me I, as a huge fan of, of of Studio Ghibli, Ghibli, whatever you want to call yeah. it. We're British. I'm, we butcher everything. Yeah. I'm never sure if I pronounce that correctly, but <laughs> I'm sure people understand what we mean. It's that kind of art style, and it is prevalent throughout the game yeah i mean obviously it's a very unique art style um that that's probably my clearest estimation of like a more well-known art style i i believe this from what i understand the story behind this game is the designer actually saw the artwork of of these dragons and stuff from the artist and designed a game around it yeah um which is one pretty cool uh because i suppose that's one way of ensuring the theme is pretty strong Visually, for me, the game is an absolute stunner yeah. of a game. And, I mean, we're straight in at the high end of my sort of, you know, this is one of the best visual-looking games I think I've seen. Oh, yeah. I've, it's it is definitely an attention grabber when it's all laid out. But, oh, yeah. you know, the um, the town mat itself is quite, you know, is quite detailed. Mm -hmm. the, the dragons are all... You, they're easily identifiable. You, they've all got their own style, mm -hmm. depending on what type of dragon they are. Um, the cards, every shop card is, you know, they're quite sizable cards, and yep. the artwork is, what, 95% of the card? Yeah. 
Yeah, and and I love the fact that all the the shop names on there are puns of something. Yes, you know, very pun infested is this game. You know, and there's a couple of YouTube references in there as well. Yeah, with the Spice Tower that has a character that looks remarkably like Mr. Vassal. Yes, uh, Critical Roles would be another one. You know, from Critical Role and mm. stuff like that. Really, really cool, funky little names on there. That uh, it's just a lovely, family-friendly appearance to the game, I guess. Yeah, lots of bold colours. That's just definitely something I was. Like. The mat reminds me of like the layout. I guess reminds me of like an old Pokemon game. Yes, um, but the visuals of it look like a much later Pokemon game where you can clearly see what a building is and yeah, and stuff like that. Is a bit more detail to it. That's really cool. I absolutely love that. Um, I suppose covering it on visually as well, the player aids that come in the game. Yep. They're very, very clear. Tell you exactly what you need to do because you have one of two actions that you do. Yep. And it breaks those actions down step by step for you, which keeps things nice and simple. Let's talk about the rule book very, very quickly because this is something I like to talk about. We have got a game, a brand new game that has hit the market and has come through Kickstarter, which... Immediately fills me with fear when it comes to the rulebook, but this one is definitely a good rulebook. It is very, very clear, very, very well illustrated. Everything is broken down line by line, nice and simple. And one thing I've got to say I really, really like about this is at the back of the book where you've got the abilities clarification, because a lot of the shops have certain abilities, so dragons have abilities. There is a nice breakdown of what all of those things do by card name. So any questions or queries that do come throughout the game, turn to that one page and within 10 seconds, you've got your answer. Yep. Very, very well done. So James, let's talk about quality. How do you feel about the quality of these components? And of course, reminder at this point, we are talking about the deluxe edition starter version. Yep. Um, There isn't a single thing I can think of that I would mark this down for. Um, okay. The mat is of good quality. All the tokens, as you've already mentioned, which are the upgraded ones, are lovely. You know, um, the, the, the wooden, yep. wooden ones, yeah. And there's, uh, um, I think they're silk printed as well, because you've obviously got the print. Yeah. On, on the uh, on the goods tokens. Uh, yeah, the metal coins are really nice. They're proper uh, hefty as they well. They are hefty. They? One comment I have heard from when we've played it is the first player marker you get is kind of redundant. It's not really needed. Yeah. It is it is a bit of a shame, a bit of a giant sort of silver coin. Again, very, very hefty. It looks lovely. It feels lovely, but yeah, it's, it's kind of pointless. Yeah, it's not needed, yeah. but it's there, so... Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I mean, I don't think the uh, the retail edition looks like it's going to come... With one. No, because it's not... I mean, it's, it's not listed on the components, so I would assume not. Mm. Yeah, the cards are all good. Like I said, very well illustrated. And even though on, like, the shop cards, like I've already said, the artwork is, like, 95% of the card and it's a big card. Yeah. Um it still clearly denotes what what it does. The text is easily readable on it. All the markings are easy to discern. Uh, yeah, there's I can't think of anything bad to say. It's a very good quality production. Okay. Cool. Now that's uh, that's pretty good. Obviously, as I said, I'm going to keep my eyes set on the fact that we're talking about a deluxe version here. Well, something we haven't played with is the miniatures that come with the deluxe version. Yep. Um, the reason being is they are currently all grey, ready for painting. Uh, however, that being said, the wooden meeples, the player things that, that come in the retail edition are fantastic. If I'm honest, I think I would play with those 
normally, even when the miniatures are painted. All of the tokens and stuff in the deluxe are fantastic. I'd imagine the punchable will be pretty good when it when it comes out. It'll be serviceable. Agreed you with you on the shops uh, that they are very, very clear. The one thing I will say I'm... And it, it, it is a tad disappointed with this. Um, it's not the be-all and end-all, but being a deluxe copy... It would have been nice to have the linen finished cards. You know, it's one of those things that we're used to seeing now on most deluxe, deluxified games is you have that lovely textured linen finish, which gives it just that nice feel, makes it easier to shuffle as well. Um, because without it, these cards just feel a little bit thin, you know, and you may not have noticed that because obviously whenever we played, I've done the setup. So a lot of shuffling mm. and you know cards are getting easily bent so i feel that this game is going to be a i need to sleeve this game pretty quickly uh but that being said that that's pretty much the only thing i picked up on uh, as a quality issue with this game so high marks high praise mm. for the quality of the components and just the components in general on this one james shall we move on to gameplay gameplay let's talk about gameplay what do you like about the gameplay um to sum it up i like the fact that this game is stupidly simple yep yep and yet quite thinky i think it is very thinky um and, and it is definitely simple i i'm definitely in the same park yes. as you it's there. for all its presentation and i'm not going to go as far as to say it's a table sprawler but because of the yeah, neoprene <laughs> I, I wouldn't say it's not as much of a table sprawler as the the games that spring to mind that are real table sprawlers but it, it takes up a, a fair amount of space but and it looks like there's a lot going on mm. it is laughably simple oh yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah you know and, and, and we we sort of alluded to it a little bit earlier you know on your turn you basically do one of two actions mm. you know the first thing that every player must do on their on their turn is they have to move their their sort of their pawn their dragon from whatever shop they're into another one you get the choice of which one you just can't stay in the same one when you arrive in those shops you have one of two two things you can either gather or you can enchant yep. gathering is you're basically gaining the resources that that shop is providing to you and of course the second thing you can do is enchanting the shop which is where you're going to be paying your resources that you've gathered to claim an enchantment from the center of the board and use it on that shop providing you meet its specific requirements shall we say and, and that's pretty much it and as i said the player aids run you through exactly what yeah. you do step by step i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna quickly cover a very small con i have at, at this point I, I don't want to go into cons straight away but that's one thing i i didn't particularly like about the game i found it very procedural or sort of you know you expect the drill instructor yeah. to be stood there going do this do this do this do this it's like it got very repetitive very, very quickly. While I understand why with the target audience that that's kind of a necessity, but for me, it did get a bit tedious very, very quickly. And it led on to another particular problem, which was when the game requires you to break that procedure. For example, when you fill a shop, you are supposed to draw another shop, place it face down. In almost every single game we have played at least once, we have forgotten to do that. Yeah. And then we've figured it out later and gone, oh, damn it, we forgot to do that. And that, I feel, is a side effect of the fact that everything is so procedural yeah. in the game. You know, that might just be me as someone who's usually hosting the game, but I, I would say most players missed that from happening, which which is a small con. But anyway, I want to go back to the, the pros before we go properly into the cons here. 
because for me, the game is, first and foremost, it is designed clearly with families in mind, and I don't think it disappoints with the, with that aim. I think it's achieved all of those goals. However, it simultaneously has enough depth and potential strategy for the more in-depth players. How do you feel about it? Yeah, that? I would agree with that. I also like, just ironically, that you, when you were flicking through the rule book to look for a definition, you've opened it up on the page. It's reminded me about this. I like the fact that it rewards you for giving gifts to other players. Yeah, I never know how I feel about that because, you know, my usual MO is I like to uh, screw over other yeah, players. I, I, However, this game I, is the power of positivity, yeah, isn't it? Like you get I, as, I mean, I've played multiple games that have that mechanic, the ability to gift to other players, but ultimately you are trying to win the game mm -hmm, by being... Yeah in first place i always find those mechanics fall short it's like they're there but it's why why would i do that yeah whereas this game it's actually worth it yeah yeah it's it, what it, i mean it's like i've played multiple games where it's like oh you, you know you can do this to help another player out mm. and it might give you a small yeah I, I would agree like in this game it actively encourages it yeah it encourages you to for that power of positivity you know to, to actually be good and go oh yeah no we're, we're all working together to make this town amazing but overall i'm gonna win yes you know <laughs> It's one of those. So the the aim of the game, James, is who has the most reputation at the end. And reputation, victory points, all in the same thing. You yep. are gaining them throughout the game through being generous or playing dragons in the correct place. Yep. That's going to benefit or you. Doing enchanters. The whole point of the enchantments is usually that's a way to gain reputation. Yep. And obviously there is also the personal objectives, which are in this game called fancy dragons. Yep. Um, which come in two flavors. They come as ones that you can play during the game, which is your sunshine ones. Yep. So as soon as you achieve something on your turn, you can play the card and go, I have achieved that. I think and that gain its benefit. That also links back into what you were saying about the game being very procedural, except when something requires you to break it. Yeah. That is another example of it because that's not in the procedural list. So yeah. I must have gone the last game we played about four rounds before I realized I'd actually achieved one of my sun yeah. fancy dragons and gone, oh, I could have done that four turns ago. Yeah. Or even getting to the end of the game and realizing that you had a sun that you could have done, but by which point it's too late. Yeah. Because the only ones that can be done at the end of the game are the moons. Yeah. Which I do I, I almost feel like that the if you if you're gonna have the procedural thing very much with the, the fancy dragons, that should have been on the there should have just been something at the bottom of the list that just says check for. Yeah. Sort of like a, a pay and display car park as you're leaving the car park, there's a big sign that says, Have you paid and displayed? Just have yeah. a little bit of the the bottom of the player is like, Have you achieved a goal? Yeah. Cash it in now. <laughs> you know, and 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 something like that. Yep. But yeah, I mean that that's what I mean by like the whole procedural drill marshal way that you play the game is it is very easy to forget yep. those and additional like bits. like you said i think it, it's unavoidable given the game's primary audience mm. um yeah. but yeah it's got its pros and cons i would also say speaking of those pros and cons one of the pros for this being a very visually captive game and quite easy to play and being procedural this is would make a i, I personally believe this makes a very good entry game to a new hobbyist because okay. it is very simple but it's one of those games that it's i often find the gateway games are a bit bland yeah so sometimes by necessity because they have to be simple enough for new players but 
this is one that I think it, it, it captures the imagination. So it's good at retaining new players. Yeah. It's just sort of like, I want to play that, but that's really complicated. I need to play this because it's simple and it will get me used to mechanics, but it looks a bit bland. Yeah, I agree. Whereas this is, oh, I actually want to play this. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I mean I'm not so sure I'd agree 100% that this is gateway, but it's definitely towards that that lower end. Uh, but that being said, one one of the problems that I find a lot of games like that sort of wait tend to overstay their welcome just a little bit. But this game doesn't. Mm. I do feel this game suffers a little bit with downtime in the latter half of the game. Because obviously the way the game works with the new shops coming out provides the players with more options, more decisions to make, more things to read and stuff like that. And while for the most part you do sort of semi-play ahead and that there's not really any major player interaction, the main player interaction you have is if you go to a shop that's already got someone in it or multiple players in it, you have to gift one of those, or, or, uh, one resource to each player that's already in the store. Yep. Which, you know, you may not want to do or it may ruin the plan that you, you had. Like maybe you were going there with the exact amount of resources to enchant the store. Yeah. Obviously, if you then have to pay someone for the privilege of being there, you're then not going to be able to afford that. Yeah. Um, but other than that, there's no real player interaction. Yeah. In like, the well, the, the player interaction is usually gifting. Yes. Yeah. It, it normally is. Yeah. Like you said, a couple of the dragons. I think it's the green dragon, if, if memory serves. Yeah. Correctly. Like when you do their ability or you game terminology fire that dragon you get you know you have the option to gift uh, a resource to someone else yeah. and gain two I think it's, it's them and there's a couple of shops that allow you to, yeah. to gift yeah. and it, it will get you reputation yeah um, or multiple like lots of reputation i think it's which, whichever one allows you to give coins yes uh, there's what i think it's like gift one coin to a player to get four reputation yeah, if, you gift, shops, if you give yeah. the second coin to a second player you get eight reputation it's like um, that's worth it. Yeah, definitely. That's one of the, the more powerful shops. Yeah. Uh, well, especially if it's combined for the one that just gives you coins. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that, that that's all sort of going back to that whole the game promotes uh, generosity yeah. within the players. And there, there is many different strategies and paths to victories that you can go. Now, every game we've played, James, has been really, really tight, but not quite as tight as the one we played just last week. Yeah. <laughs> with the... <laughs> I'm still not entirely sure how that happened. Yeah. And uh, yeah, well, there was four players and we all finished one point apart. Yep. James was out in the front for most of the game. And right? I mean, running away with it yep. out in front. Yeah. And then right in that last round, at the in fact, it was the end game scoring that brought us back in line. I managed to get one single point ahead of you. Yep. I believe Aaron went one point behind you. Yep. And then Ant-Man of you know, the MTVB podcast managed to pit me at the post yeah. by one point. Yep. So we ended up in a line as to how, how. I was running away with, I was like <laughs> 50 points ahead at one point or something ridiculous like that. Exactly. And it's just, it, I mean, it's brilliant though, because it does just show how well balanced this game really was. Yep. And and is, in fact. There's multiple levels, you know, there's a lot of replayability to this as well, because there's a, a very large amount of stores. 
and shops. Yep. You can... never get them all out, so yeah. Yep, yep, exactly. You've obviously got a decent amount of dragons. You've got a decent amount of uh, personal objectives that you can get. But I do want to talk about one thing about this game, and that is the terminology used within the game can be fairly confusing. Um, as as I've sort of seen a couple of people highlight, for example, when we're talking about the, the personal objectives, that's the fancy dragons. Yeah, you know, but they're that's what they are. They're personal objectives. No one else gets to see them. No one else gets to do what they do. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're they're called fancy dragons. All right, it's thematic, I guess. You've got with the the gather action. Oh, you can fire a dragon. Well, when I think of a shop. And the word fire, that to me means remove the dragon because you've sacked him. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's a, a completely different game if you start doing that. Exactly. But, you know, it, for me, is that, well, you activate a dragon. Yeah. Keep it simple. Again, I, I like the whole inclusion of the thematic nature of it. But, yeah, a couple of people, what do you mean by fire? You know, or, or you know, you maybe even redo it to flame. What do you mean by flame a dragon? Yeah. You know, it's like, no, well, you activate a dragon, yeah. you know, and when we've been teaching the game, you, you've you're, just, you're, you're yeah. trying to teach it and people are like, oh, what do you mean? I was like, right, okay. For sim- simplicity, activate a dragon. Yep. You know, attach, an, you know, a enchantment to the shop, you know, and, and things like that. Just very, very simple terminology. Yeah, that you, you, I, I've noticed that when you're teaching it now, you default to standard terminology activate yeah. personal object you don't use fancy dragon you don't use flame a dragon it's like exactly yeah it, yeah i would agree with that it's nice that it's there but it's either that or just having big bold text at the beginning of the rule book is a flame equals activate fancy dragon equals personal you know exactly just, yeah. just so that everyone's clear on what it does one of the niggles i have with this game mm-hmm. and we brought it up when we played that four player game was the artisan dragons that get attached to the shops yeah um there are Five types, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, bread, uh, no, six, 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 six types. Yeah, apologies, six types of dragon, but the abilities are tied to the type of dragon. So mm-hmm. there are basically six abilities that are going to come out. Yeah, and be attached to shops. I would have liked to have seen a little bit of variety. Yeah, in the abilities. So now, maybe two or three different abilities yeah, in yeah. each class of dragon. Yes, we did have this conversation, and while I do agree. I guess that sort of goes back to that whole thing of the market they're going for. I think keeping it that simple is a good idea. And I maybe I would like to see in the future an expansion that will add to that. Yeah. Uh, because that will play to most players, you know. Yeah, I, 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 would, I would agree with that. I'd like to see that. It's just a bit sort of like, well, I don't even need to look at the card anymore. I need to look at the icon in the top of the card and I yeah. know what that card is. It's like, I'd just like to have seen a little bit of variety in the abilities. And I, I, I mean, I'm going to touch on it a bit more in my final thoughts, but that does tie into something I do have a minor niggle with with the game. But again, I'm going to hold that back to my final thoughts because it doesn't, it's not gameplay. Mm. That, uh, that that that's affected by. So, anything else gameplay wise that you you want to talk about that you particularly like or dislike? Um, no, I think I've covered everything. Okay, because I have one more thing. Cool. Um, and again, I guess, I guess this isn't really gameplay esque, but it'll be a nice sort of transition, I guess, into into the final thoughts because this is actually quite a hard thing for me to say because I really like this game. You know, it's really fun to play. I love the visuals of this game. I like the theme of this game. The problem I have is I don't feel the theme of this game. You know, you think dragons, you think I mean granted they're they're 
clearly depicted as like child dragons, but you think magic and, and all of that. Yet when I'm playing the game, while I see all these amazing things, all I see is shopkeeper. It's more, the game feels more like this is my local high street and the game is called support your high street rather than, and it, you know, I don't feel like I'm enchanting a shop. Yeah. You know, I've, I've cashed in a diamond, a steak and a slice of toast. And all of a sudden I've done some kind of magic and this shop is now enchanted. You know, I don't get that feel. I, d- I don't get that sort of enjoyment of going, I've cast this spell on this shop and it's now forever going to give me an extra slice of toast you know and stuff like that you know and when, when you think dragons you think oh yeah fire breathing things but being the kid the childish dragons there is it's, nothing about that i wouldn't even say it's that it's again going back to what we said about it's the, the whole studio ghibli art style it, it is that depiction i mean first thing i thought when i saw this game was given the art style and the theme it's like oh pokemon rebrand of this would be very <laughs> very simple yeah because either that's the dragons work in the shops. They have yeah. certain abilities. It's like, you really could reskin this Pokemon. and Yeah, yeah you've got the Pokemon Center with the Chansey in it. Yep. Uh, yeah. I can I can definitely see what where you're going. Yeah, it's one. it's very much that. Or you know, like you're watching the old episodes of Pokemon when they would go to a city, and it's like, yeah, the, the some of the shopkeepers would have Pokemon working yeah. in there, or even you know, like like the roasted chestnut stand would have like a fire Pokemon in it, being yeah. the flame. It's like this is, this is exactly what this is, but with dragons. Yeah. Um, and the honest answer is, I mean, granted, I, I I like Pokemon and stuff like that. I reckon I would feel that theme more than i do with this yeah. and it's purely and simply because obviously this is a magic thing which we have said that it's not normally our bag you know the whole magical thing but i don't feel it we talked about arcana rising yep and that felt I, it felt like magic it felt like i was casting these mad you know magical spells i don't get that feeling with flamecraft which is a shame because i love the game and i love the theme it's just yep. it, it's almost as if they're trying to mesh you know, I'm trying to mesh my fingers together, but my big finger or my two middle fingers are hitting each other, which means the rest of them aren't aren't connecting. Yeah, but again, is that a symptom of the target audience this game is aimed at? It's, it, it is entirely possible, but I, I want to highlight that I am not saying it's made this game bad. I'm just saying that I'm a bit disappointed that I didn't feel the theme. You know, I like to be immersed in my games. Yeah. Uh, and while agree. this is very theme-heavy... It's very game heavy, but the two just haven't quite gelled perfectly to say that this is the perfect game. Yep. So that, I mean, that that's a little, I guess that is a little niggle. That might just be me. I, I don't know if that's going to be a, a common thing, but you know, it does move me on to my final thoughts. If, you, if you're happy to move on yeah, to that. Move, yeah. Let's go to final thoughts. Cool. So, you know, as I've said, this game is fantastic. I genuinely love this game in my opinion this this game is a must-have on the market because it is a really nice counterbalance to the inundation that we have of horror-esque themed games that you know if you take this theme and give it like a horror theme it would it would work in some way shape or form this is a nice counterbalance because i don't want to necessarily play this game with a cthulhu theme with my son Mm. whereas this game as it is I could play this with my son. So that's really, really good. Nice little counterbalance. Other than the few things I've highlighted, I think this game is fantastic. The quality is out of this world. And I think 
while we have been sort of telling you the price of the retail version, if you're able to get the deluxe version at a reasonable cost, I would do it. Yeah, I would agree with that. Because it's worth every penny. Yeah, the coins are worth their weight alone. You know, they're, they're, they're really good. The wooden components are really good. The box insert that comes with it is a, is a game trays box insert. So it's really, really good. Pulls out nicely, sits on the edges of the table. Now for that one little niggle that I alluded to that I want to talk about uh, that sort of ties into what you were saying. The game map. Lovely game map. Very nice and bright. It's big. Now, depending on where you are on the table, you might not be able to see everything on that table. Yeah, because it's it's long it's long and narrow so for example if you're playing on a six foot table it's going to fit on the six foot table which is great but if you're down one end of the six foot table you ain't going to see nothing on the other end so you're going to see about half of the shops and that's going to interrupt gameplay because well what does that shop do or what does that shop do what do the dragons do yeah. that are on that or you have to get um, up and lead over in which exactly. case people have to cover their and this is where objectives what, up and the, yeah, yeah yeah and this is where what you were saying about the artisan dragons all doing the same thing yeah that actually helps yeah with this issue because it's like okay well I, I i may have to ask what the shop does but i can see the color of the dragons or i can see the the, the symbols so i know what they do what they do yep. no it's a fair comment so that that's something that actually helps with this issue but yeah you can't get around that whole you can't see the shops if you can see the name of the shop there is the ability to read what it does in the rule book yeah so that's always a possibility but i do think the game the, the game board is just that little bit too big and especially when you think in a four or five player game you can get up to i think it's 14 yeah 14 shops out and if you're down one end of the table, you're probably going to be able to see six, seven, or possibly eight of them without having to request what's going on. And, and I just think the game board's just that little bit too long. That might be a personal thing. I don't know if, that, again, that's something that anyone else has really complained about. But but yeah, that, that that's one thing. Who would I recommend the game for, James? I think we've covered it quite well. I think this is good for families. I agree with the 10+. plus. I think you could go a little bit lower. But if you do, don't expect them to really be able to formulate the best strategies yeah but i think they'll still be able to have fun what about you james what are your final thoughts who would you recommend it for um my final thoughts on this game is very well designed uh beautiful quality i would recommend this game again families i will echo what you said i agree with the age rating might be able to go a little bit lower but 10 10 plus is a good good entry point yeah yep. um i will also agree with the play time once you once you've got got your head around the basics of the game it mm-hmm. is quite yeah i mean i think even on our learning game we we managed to do it pretty quickly yeah it's, we're, we're... it's two actions yeah it's two actions it's not not a hard game to pick up like i said the only real downtime is in the later stages when you've got more shops out and you've got a bit more choice and even then i wouldn't say it's huge yeah this isn't a game that when we played in in fact any of the games we've played that you have had the time to go out for say a cigarette break no it is quick enough that it doesn't warrant that but i do feel especially if you've got players that really like to analyze everything it's going to add it's going to add considerably to that time Mm. because there are so many different things going on so many avenues to gain points and stuff like that it could really add to it i can agree with that so meeple ratings meeple rating i'm interested on this one yeah James. but i'm going to push you to go first oh so. that's not fair that's not fair but i am happy to go first because it's been a while 
but I'm happy to say that I am back up there in the high numbers uh, for this one because I really enjoyed this game and the quality is, for me, should be viewed as a standard for deluxe games now. There's no reason to be of any lesser quality than this. There's nothing standout-ish in the game uh, with regards to quality. There's nothing standout-ish really in the game itself the actual gameplay but it all works like i said there's a little bit of a knockoff for me because i didn't feel fully immersed in the game but just where the, the game just didn't quite mesh perfectly with the theme but for me i'm coming in at a nine out of ten. Oh, um yeah, I'm going to join you at the nine. Okay. I'm going to join you at the nine. I've, I've been wavering all episode between eight and a half and nine. And yeah, I'm going to I'm going to pip it in at the nine because like you said, quality, fantastic. Gameplay itself, simple, yet engaging mm-hmm. um, and quite thinky. Yep. You know, yep. gives, gives you, uh, like you said, multiple av- avenues to victory. Price point, £30 yep. for this is a steal. I, I would say even with the lesser components, yep. providing they're not, like god awful print and 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 stuff like that which i'm you know i've got quite a few lucky duck games i've never found one that's had poor yeah, um, quality components the art style like the art on the cards is worth yeah, yeah. <laughs> worth I, I, it to be honest if you can pick this up for 30 quid which is as like i say that's what the pre-orders are up there for at the moment the likes of zatu magic madhouse they've all got them for about 30 quid i would happily pay that just for the game Yep. The game is that good. Couple in with that artwork and the inevitable really good components, I think it's worth every penny. Yep. And as I said, if you can get yourself a deluxe copy at a reasonable price, I think it's worth it. I would agree with that. Anything else you want to add, James? No, I think we're uh, about ready to hand over to the newsman. I believe we are. So before we do, any of you guys out there, I'm pretty sure there's quite a few of you out there that have bought or even played flamecraft at this point let us know your opinions on flamecraft what is your rating of this game if any of you do end up buying the retail version we'd love to hear exactly what's different what the quality is like in the retail edition let us know on any of our social media platforms facebook instagram twitter or discord links to all of those is in the podcast description but it's now time to hand over to the man in the news shed. So over to you, Paul. Look, Brian, there's no messing about this week. Because of these. I know, right? So Jason and James have let us out for the night on good behaviour. And we're off to the IMAX to watch Wakanda forever. Yes, yes, I'm excited too. Although it will be a little sad in places. You know that, right? Yep, that's right. Oh, you want to go and get your costume on then? Oh, before you go, you know what to do. That's right, hit it. Fans of the video game, Elden Ring, thinking of jumping on the imminent Kickstarter launch, have been a little taken back by the prices emerging for the big boxes of plastic. The core pledge for the first of at least three Kickstarters coming to us in the near future, entitled Elden Ring the Board Game, Realm of the Grafted King, is going to set you back $179, or roughly £150, and that's just the core pledge. 
If you want everything that comes with the Realm of the Grafted King Kickstarter, then you're looking at over $400 or over £335. Alternatively, the standalone expansion being released within the same Kickstarter, entitled Elden Ring the board game Weeping Peninsula, can be picked up for $89 or around £75. Sticking with the perils and shocks of crowdfunding, the Hasbro studio, Avalon Hill, attempted a crowdfunding project on its own platform, Hasbro Pulse, for Heroescape Age of Annihilation, a new standalone game from a design team led by Craig Van Ness that could have been integrated with all previous Heroescape titles. The $250 or just over £200 price tag for the Vanguard edition which in turn was the only pledge level, was seen as a little steep or in some cases nigh on vertical, given the retail price of previous Heroescape sets. The crowdfunding campaign ended on November the 15th, with only 4,300 people of the required 8,000 backers pledging over $1 million saw the project fail and Hasbro announced the project will be shelved for the time being as Avalon Hill continued to work on its other titles. Fans of the bamboo-eating pandas in Takanoko can rejoice as the two-tone bears are back in a new spin-off from French publisher Bombix, putting a different spin on the roll-and-write genre with Takanokala, designed by Anton Bowser and Corentin Labrat. So in Takanokala, you make your debut as a gardener. You must develop your bamboo grove, create watering places and attract fish and ladybugs to make your garden a little piece of paradise resplendent with colour. Each turn one player throws four pencils, green, yellow, pink and blue, then chooses one. The other players choose one of the remaining pencils in turn, then all players simultaneously colour on their sheet one bamboo section corresponding to the same colour and to the same symbol as the pencil ring they chose, circle, square or triangle. Who will finish their bamboo grove first and who will be the best gardener? Asmodee, under their blue-orange publishing hat alongside ITV, are releasing a game to coincide with a Marmite reality TV show on the box at the moment, I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out Of Here, with the game title Jungle, Hat, Dunny, Star, Hammock. The game itself is a simple re-implementation of the ever-popular taco, cat, goat, cheese, pizza. But for those I'm a Celebrity fans, this game offers so much more with creepy crawlies to boot. Yes, it is a simple, no fuss and easy to play card game, with fans describing it as filled to the brim with hand-slappy mayhem. But depending on who you're playing with, it can get quite competitive. You've just got to remember those five jungle-related crazy words as you play. Jungle, hat, dunny, star, hammock. Fans of the number one downloaded app on the French Apple and Play stores can get in on the fun as Ola Mars, or translated as Bunny Hops, comes to a table near you with the app itself enhancing the experience. So, do you need to liven up a party, or does your work do need some added fun or an icebreaker? It's time to get some bunny hops into your life. The perfect game to shake things up before a night out or for the next family and friends game night. Simply get into teams, place a card on your forehead and try to guess the word, celebrity or song which is on there. Your teammates will help to describe, mime or sing to help you give clues. 
the team who collects the most points after each round on the board wins. Czech Games Edition made a surprising announcement during the week regarding their recently released Starship Captains by Peter Hofgaard. The foldable cardboard ship tokens in Starship Captains are already pretty slick, but for players who want something a little extra, they've got just the thing for you. Like I said, although the ship components are more than sufficient to play the game in question, the team behind the game have released 3D print files so that gamers with or with access to a 3D printer can indeed print and paint their own ships to include with their copies of the game. You can grab the files from the Czech Games Edition website. Exploding Kittens have announced You Lying Sack, a bluffing party game from Penn Gillette. Yes, that pen of Penn and Teller fame. The game itself is a sack filled with bad things and one single good thing. These are represented by red triangles and a blue rectangle, respectively. Players will pull items out of the bag and offer them to the opponents, depending on whether you had the good thing in your hand or not, will lead to you giving bad things to your opponents or keeping them for yourself. When someone has 10 bad things in front of them, they are eliminated from the game, and the last player standing wins. A new lying sack should be available in the new year. And on to our main story, and yes, we did a Star Wars game last week, and we're going to do another one this week. Why? because I really like Star Wars, that's why. With the miniatures game hitting shelves sometime in June next year, Fantasy Flight are doubling down with another Wars title that involves a little less plastic. Star Wars the deck building game, designed by Caleb Grace and Fantasy Flight Games, takes a straightforward approach to the central Star Wars conflict, with two players each trying to eliminate the other as a force in that universe. The Rebel Alliance fights valiantly against the tyranny of the Galactic Empire. Each new victory brings the Rebels hope, and each heroic sacrifice strengthens their resolve. Still, the Empire's resources are vast, and the firepower of its Empire Navy is unmatched. With neither side willing to accept defeat, their war rages across the galaxy. In Star Wars The Deck Building Game, a head-to-head -head game for two players, the galaxy-spanning war between the Galactic Empire and the Rebel Alliance comes alive on the table. In this easy-to-learn game, you and your opponent each choose a side, playing as either the Empire or the Rebels, and as the game progresses, you both strengthen the power of your starting decks and work to destroy each other's bases. The first player to destroy three of their opponent's bases wins. In more detail, each player starts with a unique 10-card deck, with seven of those cards providing only resources to acquire new cards. Six cards from a Galaxy deck are always on display, with Rebel cards facing the Rebel player, Empire cards the Empire player, and neutral cards turned sideways. You can spend your resources to acquire cards in the Galaxy row that don't belong to the opponent and you can use attack power to take out cards that do belong to them, gaining reward in the process. Each player starts with a base that lacks abilities, Dantooine for the Rebels and Lethal for the Empire. But when that base is destroyed, you get to choose a replacement from your base deck, with each base having a special ability. So choose wisely to counter your opponent's plans. In addition to having special abilities, capital ships absorb damage meant for your base. Several cards have abilities that say, if the force is with you. These abilities can only be used when the force marker is on your side of the balance of the force track. 
Each time you gain force, the force marker is moved towards your side of the track by the indicated amount. If the force is all the way to your side at the start of your turn, you gain one additional resource to use for that turn, which means it's always worthwhile to tip the balance in your favour. The force begins the game all the way on the rebel's side, but the Empire gets to take the first turn, regardless of which faction you play as. What you choose to do in those opening moves can have a lasting impact on the rest of the game. And Star Wars The Deck Building Game arrives in March 2023. And we're heading on over to crowdfunding, and this one this week is on Kickstarter, and it's called Fit to Print. Fit to Print is a beautiful strategy board game for 1 to 6 players that plays in roughly 15 to 30 minutes. It is designed by Peter McPherson, who also designed Tiny Towns, illustrated by Ian O'Toole, and brought to you by the studio behind Calico and Cascadia, Flat Out Games. Thistleville is the world's most bustling little town. It's a challenge to keep up with all the locals, but as an editor at one of the local newspapers, your job is to tell their stories. Fit to Print sees one to six players becoming editors of various local newspapers for the fictional town. The upcoming board game takes place in a world where charming, anthropomorphic woodland animals such as badgers, foxes, squirrels and hares live and work together. The front page is due in just a few hours and you have no time for perfection. Grab the big stories before the other papers get a chance and make sure you get the right photos too. A newspaper is a business so the money has to come from somewhere so don't forget the ads. After you've picked out a combination of stories, photos and ads it's time to lay out the front page. Did you take enough tiles to fill the paper? but not so many that things have to be cut out. Over the course of three days, your skills will be tested as you compete to be the most newsworthy editor. Players will score points in different ways, such as the size of the articles, where photos are in relation to those articles, and whether they're followed by their personal objectives. In order to keep your newspaper or business afloat, Players will also need to make sure they're getting enough ad revenue into their front pages to break even. Whichever player finishes their layout first will get a fastest finishing token, which will gain them even more points. Whoever has the most points at the end of three rounds is declared the winner. So pledge levels come in at a print and play pledge level for just £5 or $5. Or you can grab the Kickstarter edition of the game, which includes an exclusive edition, promo pack, access to the print and play, all unlocked stretch goals and an eternal thank you published on their website for £25 or $29. In addition to fit to print, Flat Out Games are also offering access to the Kickstarter editions of their previous games Calico, Cascadia and Verdant within the pledge manager once the project is finished. Right, right, Brian, we're done. Yep, say goodbye to everyone and go jump in the Dragonflyer because we are out of here. And it's a goodbye from me. Keep safe, meeples. Keep those dice rolling. The cards shuffling and we'll be right here for you next week. Wakanda forever. Thank you very much there, Paul. And thank you guys for joining us once again for another game highlight episode. James, I have been really, really looking forward to to doing this one and i knew it was going to be one that we'd get done 
fairly quickly because we have been playing this a lot. We have been playing this a lot. It's 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 so fun. Yep, it really is fun. I I am like I said, there's very little to be disappointed about. With yeah, this I mean, I think I can sum this up as a person who hasn't bought that many games. Mm-hmm. I remember you showing me the original the Kickstarter page yep. when you backed this game. Yes, and thinking it looked like a brilliant game at the time, mm. and then. When you said it had arrived, I think my reaction was, we need to play it. Yeah. We need to play it. We need to play it. We need to play it. And I remembered exactly which game this was. Yes. And and the weird thing is, like, when I first backed this game, like, I think I was already in on backing the game, but my partner was really interested in it and she loved the look of it. And I was like, do you know what? If I needed confirmation, then I need to get the game. Uh, uh, Jason, did did you not originally buy this for Layla? As this is going on record, No. (laughs) <laughs> no i did not it is my game that's a lie as <laughs> it it's it's um it's been co-opted onto the shelf it, it is on the shelf it's on the Kallax shelf uh at my house <laughs> uh, granted my partner is is, is moving in so it, it will soon be our game shelf ah uh, <laughs> uh but uh, obviously the most important games will be at the top so <laughs> <laughs> that's mean but funny <laughs> <laughs> sorry my love <laughs> it's always a problem because she does actually listen to the podcast yep i think most podcasters get away with it because their partners don't usually listen but mine does so there you go <laughs> um she loves this game i love this game you clearly love this oh game i do love nine. this game i do love this game um I think pretty much everyone we've played with has said they, they love this game. So I can justifiably say this deserves to be in the hotness of Board Game Geek. I can well believe that it will stand the test of time. Be interesting to see how we feel about this in a year's time and we revisit it. Yeah. I will be interested to see if we see an expansion for this. Yeah, I, I would hope so. I think we will because they're like that game insert. There's definitely room in there for more cards. So we shall indeed see but shall we head off james let's do it let's do it till next week guys i have been jason and i've been james you've been listening to the meeple minded podcast join us next week for more tabletop gaming goodness ta-ta goodbye